All right, ready to go. Welcome to L&D Plus, where learning is a team sport. I'm Tom, and in each episode, my co-host Joey and I will bring you real stories of collaborative learning from the world's leading startups. In this episode, we'll hear from Danielle Minert and Dara... Oh, I screwed that up. I'll do it again. (laughs) We'll hear from Danielle Minert and Dara Hashimi about how L&D and operations work together at Zapier to find out what high-performing teams look like. Together, they developed a new tool to help teams assess their own performance. Zapier is easy automation for SMBs and therefore is all about productivity, and that calls for high-performing teams. But before we dive into things, Danielle and Dara, why don't you introduce yourselves? Thank you so much for having us. I'm Danielle, and I'm one of our L&D leaders here at Zapier. Uh, I've worked here since the beginning of 2020, getting quite lucky to find a purposefully remote organization at that time. Uh, So I've been in L&D and serving as a people manager for most of my career. What I find most fulfilling in this work is seeing folks meet the growth goals that they set for themselves and seeing their their growth over time. Um, Personally, I'm based in Atlanta with my partner and our adopted eight-year-old mini poodle named Rosie. (laughs) Awesome. Hi there. So yeah, I'm Dara. Uh, I'm also a leader on Zapier's L&D team. I joined uh, Zapier in 2019 uh, as a manager in the support team, actually. And then I moved over to the L&D team a little over a year ago, I, th- I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my, yeah, my professional experience mainly lies in people management uh, and customer support within the tech industry. Um, I've done and uh, led a lot of training as well. And I'm hugely grateful that Zapier allows me to do this work and use my skills while I get to roam around the country and work out of my van where I am now. So hopefully if there's any strange background sounds or noises, um, please excuse them. Yeah, I think we need to let listeners know that Dara is literally like in his van right now. Well, (laughs) so I'd love um, if we could get started, if you could just tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea to measure and define the qualities of high performing teams at Zapier. Sure. One of Zapier's company goals is to build a diverse and high performing global organization. So luckily, we already had clear internal definitions for diverse and global. So the next step for us was to define what high performing itself means. You know, is it simply to reach our company goals? If so, how do we measure team performance within that? You know, what is a team anyways? Those were some of the big questions we had floating around. Um, Because when you think about what a team is at Zapier, there's so many Zapians, which is what we call our employees and team members around the world who are part of multiple working groups. So we had a lot of questions that we wanted to better answer about what high-performing teams actually do. Um, So we knew we wanted to collaborate with teams across the business to define this together and to eventually create and launch a new framework for teams to self-assess their own performance so that they could Mm. participate in this process together. With that in mind, there were two core deliverables from this project. The first one, mm-hmm. um, the first thing we did was we used our internal research to create and publish a framework that defines the behaviors of high-performing teams at Zapier. Then second, we transformed that framework into a short sort of team self-assessment. And how that works is members of a team meet synchronously together, and then everyone takes this five-minute short assessment about what's going well for their team and what they can improve on together. To give you an example of how that might work, if 
75% of the team, for example, replies to an assessment question from this team self-assessment about workload estimation, saying that that needs improvement, then that's a clear area for that team to discuss and decide together how they'll get better at, at doing this behavior together, at estimating workload for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so to summarize, you know, this framework and assessment gives Zapier's teams this new tool to openly discuss what is and isn't working for them. It's really meta in this way. It gets teams talking mm -hmm. together about what's working and, and not. The theory being, you know, if teams get good at behaviors like estimating workload, like I mentioned, or aligning up front on priorities or designing the team for psychological safety, then they're way more likely to effectively meet their goals as a team, as this cohesive unit together. Yeah, I mean, like this project, obviously it sounds amazing. And like, it sounds like also in, like involved a lot of different teams. Um, how did you get started with like launching such a, such a thing? It was a lot of work. It was really fun too. I had a great time working on this with Danielle and I'm really happy with what we developed. So what we did at, at the beginning was we started by conducting interviews and those interviews were confidential and they're mm -hmm. across the company. So we tried to meet with, you know, everyone across all departments and job levels and time zones as a global company. So people, you know, in Australia and India and Europe and all across America. So, um, yeah. and demographic identities as well. So it meant we met, we met with over 60 people, which at the time was 17% of the company. Okay. And so for each of these like one hour interviews, our goal was to get concrete examples of what high performing and low performing moments for the teams were and to be able to understand what are the key skills and behaviors that contributed to those moments. Right. Right. So it's focused on the team rather than the individual member. You got themselves. it. Themselves. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, it's individual experiences, but they're thinking about their experiences as part of a team. We had a set of questions that we made sure that they were standard, but the follow up questions were more flowing. We also mm -hmm. had a set of follow-up questions, but um, uh, the some of the questions we'd ask are like, what are the top things your team does well? Great to kick off an interview, right? Mm -hmm. What's an example of a high-performing team at Zapier? Just to see like, what, how do you qualify what is high-performing or not? Uh, what's an example of collaboration going well for your team? And for every question we ask, we pretty much ask the flip side of that question to, to find out like, so what, what can we do better, right? So what's an example of when collaboration didn't go as expected or what issues need to be managed better. And what we did is we took all of that stuff that we learned and we tried to find patterns and themes. Um, mm. So each example led to developing a set of themes. It could be about prioritizing. Mm. It could mm. be about aligning on your goals across teams up front before you start the work you're trying to do. Mm. And so we ranked and we organized these things and we, I think we came up with like 12 or 13 themes, Danielle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? 13. 13. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we made sure that these were relevant themes across the whole company and we didn't reveal any private info. We like generalized all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I was uh, going to say, when you look at patterns, you probably would have heard like when you were asking for an example of a high performing team or like low performing team, there might've been names or teams that were actually mentioned. At some point, it might also feel a bit like an HR um, mm. exercise, too, because then you start hearing things about like what went wrong, what, how did you react, what were the things that were raised and issues that were or were not addressed. 
Um, yeah, that sounds uh, very, very interesting and also quite uh, can get quite personal. Yeah, that's not something we took lightly. And it was extremely intentional to make sure it was a very safe space. And we took the confidentiality mm. super seriously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as we would meet along this pro- this like project, Danielle and I would always remind each other how much of an honor it was for people to be that open. It's not yeah. something that like went over our heads. Yeah. Cool. It's definitely something we chatted about a lot. I can I can echo what you just shared there, Dara. And at the beginning of every interview too, we had this really detailed confidentiality statement, hopefully to put wow. people at ease and yeah. help them trust us in the process because it can be quite a personal conversation. Um, sure. Yeah. So like, to, cool. you know, like our bot, there's only two people who have seen the notes that we took, just Danielle and I, our boss, the ops department head, no one else has seen the notes that we've taken. Mm, Okay. I I think it also makes a difference that the fact that like the L&D team at Zapier sits in the operations team rather than the HR team that also like sets it like a clear, you know, boundary between those two things or even other teams, not just HR who's like, you know, interested or yeah. Cool. I know for a lot of companies, defining performance is really comes down to an individual level. And in this case, I mean, the collective aspect of defining performance is really central to this project. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about the, um, the particular focus on team assessments. It, it comes down to this question of how do you assess team performance? So we wanted to give people this option to self-assess their performance as a team, not just as individuals. So at Zapier, like many companies, we already have this twice annual performance review process. We have 360 reviews that peers give each other. And of course there's tons of personal feedback opportunities that that we have internally. Mm. But this project was a chance to measure team performance specifically and keep living this value we have of growth through feedback, but do that at the team level instead of individually. Mm -hmm. So um, with that context in mind, we needed teams to complete some sort of assessment or have a conversation together to collectively define what does it mean to be high performing together because you can't have just one member of a team answering that for a group Mm -hmm. of people that Mm -hmm. ends up needing to be a collaborative exercise Um, so for this assessment that we created together every member of the team has to be available and willing to participate in that even if one person on the team can't go or won't participate for some reason they won't submit to that team assessment then you're missing a really important perspective about how your team is functioning. Um, that being said, it's going really well so far. I think Dara and I could expand on this, but we launched this tool only two months ago. And so far, 41 of our leaders at Zapier have requested to do this, which is a big wow. portion of our leaders at Zapier. Um, and 21 teams have completed the exercise. So. Um, Looking at my statistics I have here, when you account for all the team members who participated at Zapier so Mm -hmm. far, that's about a third of the company already in a two-month period, which we're pretty... In just two months, yeah. Yeah, which we're happy to see. So Dara and I worked a lot to figure out, like, what's the right way to kind of promote this tool and uh, decide how we launch it in the company. And we can talk more about that, but it's really logistically simple. Like, we've used Zapier, Mm -hmm. our product to automate as much of the process as possible so that teams have a really easy way to participate together. And it's more likely that you get every single person able to participate. Um, So how that works is a team leader starts this process. They request access to a copy of this assessment we've drafted together. First is the team's assessment. That's those 13 questions we mentioned, each one about one of those 13 themes that we pulled out of our research. 
Um, and how that works is folks can either select a checkmark emoji saying we're doing good on that topic, or they can select a thought bubble emoji saying we've got some areas for improvement. There's some discussion that's worth having on this topic because we're not trying to use any scary or intimidating choices that could prevent people from being honest. That, uh, that to me is such a great example of like really specific design thinking because it's yeah. a really, you would think it's a really small thing, but actually just by doing that, you're really lowering the barrier for people to want to participate. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could also remind us of one of those uh, 13 themes, like just to give an example of what other things are people checking or crossing off? Um, yeah. Great question. So there's ones uh, that focus on communication, for example, uh, communicating upfront in the beginning of a project. We call that upfront mm -hmm. alignment. We have one called psychological safety, or one of our most important themes, of course, um, around uh, what are ev what's evidence of trust that exists in your relationships mm -hmm. together. How do you design mm -hmm. for that trust upfront? Um, I mentioned workload estimation being an important one. And one that I think as humans, it's really easy not to get right. We all think we can get more done in a day than we can usually get done in a day. Um, I've been doing that to myself the last few weeks here, Danielle, for sure. Overloading my plate and then saying, why am I not able to get everything I said I'd get done done? And then I'm like, wait, I did this to myself. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of some memes where we're saying like, there, we have always so much faith in the tomorrow, like the tomorrow version of yourself. Exactly. Thinking that I'm going to get this done tomorrow. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like part of what's so beautiful about being human is we can have this incredible optimism that can be a driver for us, but can also really mm -hmm. hold us back when we're not realistic yeah. with ourselves. And there's two other tools that people automatically get when they participate in this. One of them is a facilitation guide that we built. And this is just a really easy two page guide that is supposed to empower the leader to host a one hour or so conversation with their team about the results right. that they get from taking this assessment together. Um, mm. And to y'all's point, you know, we really do our best as a team to follow this user experience principle of don't make me think. You know, don't make me wonder how I should facilitate this hour long meeting. That may not be how I like to sort of spend my time as a leader. I may not enjoy facilitating meetings like that. It might be challenging for me. And then the last yeah. resource they get when they sign up for this is what we call an action guide. So what we made together is um, the leaders take notes in this action guide. They have prompts that ask them to focus the conversation on only a few actionable areas from the assessment. So if workload estimation ends up being the topic that people rate lowest or rate mm -hmm. as most important for their team, for example, then the action guide would say, focus the conversation there. That's very actionable. Yeah, it's actionable. The goal <laughs> is action to get people talking and then decide what they want to do next after mm. having that conversation together. Um, and yeah. then from there, we just nudge our teams to check in on their progress quarterly, ideally to take mm -hmm. this assessment a few times over the course of their tenure together at yeah. Zapier. Uh, the long-term goal there is for teams to complete this assessment, track their results over time, keep discussing together what's going great and what they can improve on. Mm. Yeah, I love that because like when we talk about performance, a lot of times we're talking about like, okay, did you hit your targets? Did you hit your goals, your OKRs? Like you don't often think about like these more like human side of like performance. Like are, are people happy? Are they actually like feeling safe? Are they feeling understood or uh, heard? Like 
and and it's great that you're really like you know putting this into uh, part of the DNA of how you build teams and and not saying that you know as long as you hit the numbers then we don't care what's happening mm. um, and I think that speaks a yeah. lot to the company and the culture um, and so like I mean this is a huge project obviously with many different like steps and layers and all the different resources uh, what was the like hardest parts of, of this collaboration what were you know if you have some advice that you would give for another L&D team looking to launch something similar do you have like some lessons that you learned the hard way that you want to share? When we did these interviews, we took a lot of notes. In fact, we took verbatim wow. notes. Um, mm. And so we uh, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out like, what is the point? Like, what were the key points that these folks were trying to make here? Um, and basically what that what that ended up resulting in was like a huge amount of time that it took for us to like get those themes. You know, I think that like one of the things that I would have done differently if I could think back to like is what made it quite hard was like redoing the way we took those notes. Really make sure that when you're doing an interview like this, you're just noting what's most important because we had over a hundred thousands mm. of words to go through, mm -hmm. which in right, retrospect, okay. we're like, wow, this is going to be an uphill <laughs> battle here to like get these themes out. Yeah, yeah, mm. uh, You know, in the moment, it made sense. Like, it seems so logical. Like, we want to capture yeah. every breath that these folks are saying. It's <laughs> valuable to us. They're being so open and honest with us. I need yeah. every morsel that they're they're sending my way. Um, mm. No, that's not true. <laughs> that turned out not to be the case. For sure. Um, Daniel, you mentioned the uptake on, on behalf of managers with this project has been pretty um, amazing so far. Um, yeah, I, I wonder yeah. if you could just talk maybe a little more about how you partnered with management on this. Yeah, for sure. We definitely knew we wanted to partner really closely with managers, you know, to this point of it's a team assessment, it's a team tool. So it should be something yeah. that's collaborative with all of mm -hmm. our Zappians around the world. Um, and luckily, it wasn't too hard to start working closely with managers on this. I think my impression of managers at Zapier and Zappians generally is like, we have a really engaged team across the company. Mm -hmm. we, team, I'm using in a broad sense again. That's one of the challenges of this project. What is a team? What we did first mm -hmm. with managers, we discussed this idea first with especially our senior leaders and got their advice about how to lead the project. Um, and then we transparently posted about this project in all of our different channels internally, mm -hmm. explaining the goals, the purpose of the project, and again, how important we take confidentiality that is sort of the safety first principle that we had along mm -hmm. the way in this project. So once we started interviewing people, the first people we interviewed were our people managers so that mm -hmm. they could then share their firsthand experiences with their own teammates their to team. share what mm -hmm. to expect from interviews. And I think that helped us get some buy-in early for the fact that we were launching this project that can feel personal. Um, and also important. Mm -hmm. We had one meeting with all of our execs in one place. We summarized results there so that we could share those results, share ideas for the next stages of the project, and then also mm -hmm. hear their insights about what we'd learned so far. Mm -hmm. We'd counter this ethical question early on that, that Dara shared a bit about where we had this duty to keep specific situations people shared private, and we took that really seriously. Um, it also meant that we lost opportunities to address these issues or specific situations that people were experiencing mm. at the company. If I may, like, it must have created quite a strong bond between 
the two of you, Danielle and Dara, because like now it's like you've lived through things, you've witnessed, you've heard things that the only two of you will know <laughs> um, that you cannot share with anyone else. Yeah, that's a great point. I think what's funny too is Dara and I have never met in person. Zapier wow. is remote by choice and has been for about the past 10 years since it was founded. And I, I feel like Dara, we work well together remotely and with all of this knowledge we have from this, this project together, despite never meeting in person too. It's funny, I don't Amazing. even think about that. Like you said that and I was like, that's true. You know, um, it's really, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Uh, we have a great yin yang thing going on too. Like we really balance each other's strengths. And um, mm. so it's been, it's been great. It is great. And I'm sure it will continue to be great. <laughs> yeah. Can't echo that enough. I think we, we definitely balance each other out really well. Good, good, yeah. good superhero duo here at Zapier. Um, For sure. And then I think too, you know, we we're focusing on confidentiality. We're focusing on making sure we created a tool that was useful for teams. Um, from there, the challenge was like discussing these results in a way that resonated with Zappians, that resonated with the whole company, mm. because we wanted to be able to communi communicate the strengths and positive attributes of what high performance means at the company, while also being transparent about the downsides or these areas that we needed to improve on. Um, we had both positive and negative examples of mm -hmm. every single theme that came up mm -hmm. so, so much so that sometimes there'd be people in an interview who'd share, Hey, team a, we worked on this project together in mm -hmm. the beginning of the project. We did a great job estimating our workload by the end of our project. Here's an example of where we didn't do a good job <laughs> estimating our workload. So, it was an interesting challenge to figure out how do we communicate what it means to be a high-functioning yeah. team for each of these themes. We did this really just by publishing a framework that encapsulated both the positive and the negative. We included these generalized examples that could resonate with everybody at Zapier of what these themes look like in action. But then we also shared recommendations for how teams can practice mm -hmm. these themes. We shared a few like exercises and external links for how people might improve on those areas if they score lower on that theme. Um, yeah. And we're able to just share one really transparent framework that so far we have feedback is is resonating with people at the company. Cool. cool. And I think your example that like the anecdote you gave is also a reminder that, you know, sometimes you like there, you can be great one day and not so great the second day. And it's really a continuous like effort to keep learning, keep trying to, to keep like being great in, in all these things, which it's not possible all the time. So it's always like a, an everyday effort that, that we are all making. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you're making me think of there is that like if these themes, which we didn't pick on our own, Zappians told us what these themes are. They're all yeah. important at this moment in time, we might be on average doing really great at some, and maybe mm. could, we could be doing better at others, but that's a moment in time. They're all important over a period of yeah. time, but that's just a snapshot of the moment that we took in that in those interviews. Yeah, mm. I guess as a company, Zapier is all about automation. It's very on brand for you to feature a, a lot of automation in this project. Um, and we know from the discussions we have with L&D leaders that you know L&D teams in general spend way too much time on admin. For example, chasing people uh, for you know for course completion, sending calendar invitations and reminders. How exactly did you build this focus on automation into this project specifically? 
Dara, it's going to be great here for this question. (laughs) I I love this. This is like my bread and butter um, on our team. Um, So we could do a whole podcast on this, but I will try to keep this to just a couple minutes tops. Uh, Okay, so first, like a a quick rundown, our overview. Like we built, basically we built a sort of a light, I don't know if we can call it this, but maybe a light learning management system out of Zapier's product. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it takes the work out of our facilitators' hands. Like if our mantra for our learners is like, don't make me think, then the mantra for the facilitators is give me the room I need to think, right? So that's what <laughs> we've tried to do. Facilitators will like determine when the workshop should be and then we'll create those events. And then we, you know, have to register that into the sign up tool that people use to sign in to those events, mm-hmm. you know, to register. And then the facilitators have to advertise those workshops to get people to sign up. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they have to, you know, um, create a Slack channel to communicate and then ask for feedback. And then they have to mark who came. And there's just this <laughs> whole slew of things mm-hmm. that you have to do as a facilitator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's be honest, it's not so easy as a human to do those things like consistently or effectively. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've, basically automated all that um almost a- everything you can think cool. of besides doing the actual facilitation and creating the workshop is automated That's so great. we have we have we call it the D robot and <laughs> it's a series of 20 zaps zaps are what we call automations mm-hmm. here like automation workflows at zapier um and they take care of all this work so you know this way the learners get like these like additional like booster messages that like to Mm -hmm. help them remember to like do some practice on what they learned. The facilitators basically decide on their own, like I want these messages sent 14 days, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days later, Mm -hmm. and they can indicate and tell the robot, like, here's how I want you to do it. And then it just happens magically. The Mm -hmm. robot will like promote in the channels that we indicate and people can just react and when they react, they're just automatically signed up. They get a message. It's like better than Amazon one-click oh, purchase, you know? Wow. You just amazing. post in a channel, you click sign up, <laughs> boom, you're signed up. That's all you have to do. Um That's amazing. Don't don't think, you know, just 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 learn. So um, I cannot emphasize enough how amazing this has been. Revolutionary for us as facilitators on the team. Like Dara said, did not have to remember to do all these manual tasks that have a huge opportunity for us to mess up on or, or do slightly wrong yeah. each time, which impacts participation records and impacts people being able to get these messages long-term. It's also been revolutionary for our, our teammates across the company to just click yeah. this one button, sign up for a workshop, and then everything's just handed to you. It's, yeah. it's a super impressive robot that Dara's built here to figure out how we make our learners' lives so much easier. Were there any like key metrics that you use to track the progress on this project um, to kind of like measure the the success? Yeah, so there's stuff we're doing now and there's stuff we will do that we haven't done yet. But the first thing is just to check in on participation. Seems like a great place to start. Um, so participation mm-hmm. and adoption. Um, so far, I think, you know, it's a, about a third of the company has engaged with yeah. it, which is awesome. One other little bonus thing is because we have all this data from, you know, like a third of the company and, and, and rising, 
we can just kind of smash it all together and get an average and just get an idea like so what about zapier as a whole like how what's right. the aggregate data look like and then right. we can measure that over time as well yeah it's like an overall um engagement score nps for the whole company yeah yeah it works like yeah like if you're doing some kind of engagement survey this is mm. like a a team functioning survey mm. s similar but Amazing. different so it's just another resource to use to help us figure out as an ld team what should we do what shouldn't we do what program should we create that's great. I mean, not only are you convincing people to participate by showing them the exact components of this project and saying, hey, we've got these 13 criteria, but you also have to convince them at a more basic level of the value of a self-assessment tool, you know, in the first place. Um, so how exactly did you get people on board with that idea? Yeah, that's a good question, Tom. I can share some of the kind of more tactical ways that we did that too. So the first thing that we did is we wrote this internal blog post that outlined the outcomes of the project and communicating the support of the leaders that we'd already gotten on board for this. But the big thing for us, this biggest moment of connection for people was when we presented the research, the framework, and this self-assessment tool at our company All Hands. We presented what I would actually call kind of a fun and kind of funny, engaging presentation to the whole company where we mm -hmm. asked Zappians to participate with us while we announced these resources. Instead, it was like this really energizing participatory hour. I, I, we like to think, and that's the feedback we got, uh, <laughs> where we were able to introduce people to the idea of the self-assessment, be really transparent about what we'd learned from our research, mm -hmm. um, from everyone that we'd interviewed. And then we were able from this to sign up 15 teams on the spot, which 15 right. teams at Zapier is a good chunk of our teams. Uh, and that sure. gave us momentum to get to this 41 total teams who signed up for this assessment, 21 of those who've successfully completed the assessment already, 30% of the company being able to have already participated in that. Mm -hmm. So um, so like Dara said, you know, in the long term, we want to use the self-assessment tool, the results we're getting from that to uh, continue thinking about what are examples of effective teamwork that are mm -hmm. happening across the company? Um, what are teams learning from taking this assessment and revisiting it over time? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would do differently with your next project or like, how do you plan to grow this project in the future? One thing I could just to like elaborate on that when I think back to the, the that note thing, just with like my workflow automation minds, like I, I've, I've wondered like, maybe I could have used some software to make that easier. You know, maybe I could, maybe there's something I could have done so we didn't have to go and do that all of our, it took like, you know, two or three weeks of, of Did you manually through. transcribe everything? Uh, we went through it. Yeah. Yeah. Painstakingly. Yeah. We went through the whole thing, highlighted themes, pulled them all out. Um, and so <laughs> that was a considerable wow. amount of work. Sometimes there is no substitute for doing that though. Like if you, if you have such a, a sort of, detailed resource to really get it in front of mind for both of you. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I, I did look, I did look, but um, when it came down to it, I just wanted to make sure that we were accurately representing what people said. Danielle, do you have anything that you would have maybe done differently or would like to try out in to grow this project in a different way in the future? Thinking about growing this project in the future too, moving forward, our operations team, which we roll up into, we're using that as a kicking off point to improve two things, to improve and to continue to grow our talent strategy. We're using this high-performing teams project to kick off 
um, manager enablement and make it a lot easier to organize our material in a way that makes sense for our end users. Um, so we're making sure to just tie all our work together to have this clear through line across Zapier about what success looks like. Awesome. We've covered so much ground in this discussion, in particular, you know, how ops and L&D can work together in the intersection there, um, how you can get people on board with a really ambitious new program like this, you know, and, um, and I really appreciate the, the amount of honesty that you've, uh, that you've both shown and talking about not, not just the good stuff, but the things that were tough as well. Um, yeah. I guess when you think about this project up to now, what is the one takeaway you'd really like our listeners to remember about, about this story? Sometimes it's, it's easier to fix something than it is to figure out what you need to fix. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like that can't see the forest from the trees scenario when you're, when you're within a team, especially when you're leading a team. there's a lot to think about and focus on it can be tough to be aware of what your biggest priorities or opportunities really are yeah so finding a way you know like finding a way to make sure that people can be like really honest about their experiences and then you know finding a way to make an improvement easier um it's it's a it's it's an important thing to be able to do like give your teams a way to give you that input agree with that. On top of that, I think our teammates have actually wanted to participate in this assessment because it ties directly back to their experiences in either the interviews that they participated in or the interviews that their teammates participated in. Like this is a framework that our teammates across Zapier created together. It's not something that was born out of thin air. So we were able to create this tool that people actually use and get insight from because of how we designed the project itself. And there's nothing that could make me feel more fulfilled working in L&D than that. Thanks so much to Danielle and Dara for joining us. If you're looking for more great collaborative learning stories, be sure to subscribe to L&D Plus wherever you get your podcasts and check out our show notes for more L&D content from 360 Learning. Thanks for listening. See you next time.